Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, Kasses Vai is yet geöffnet. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com and I'm joined by my co-host Simon Maddox. How are you, Simon? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. Thank you. How are you? All right. I can walk. That's a new improvement in my life. I've been like limping around for the last like four weeks. And today I went to the shops and I could walk at speed, which I was very excited about. I told my daughter, she didn't seem to care that much. But <laughs> basically every time I've gone out, she's like staring at us and I just go, my leg's fucked. <laughs> and she just looks at me going like, don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I did a bit of click and collect at Orby the other day. So now I've got some new tools and some new things for the garden. It was the wife's birthday this week. And so we get to uh, spunk a load of money at the garden centre. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you celebrate a birthday right you know at this age yeah this is, this is how we roll these days obviously lockdown's still in effect for us parties are off the table uh, so yeah i think when we do finally get the chance we're going to have four birthday parties a housewarming and a few other things all rolled into one for just a mammoth festival in our garden mm. i think it's when the weather changes mm. you get a bit antsy to do something that's how i felt anyway i had a barbecue a few a few weeks ago just the three of us and it was nice but it also had a few drinks and then I was like oh, I miss drinking outside so yeah I've got the bit between my teeth I'm hoping I'm hoping within within the next few weeks I'm gonna get a phone call I got a mystery phone call that hung up on us yesterday and we're now assuming it's the GP they basically picked it up and they hung up we're now thinking oh was yeah. that the vaccine was that the call could I have, have I missed the the vaccine opportunity but and when you finally get hold of them I'll be like we, we called you you didn't answer yeah, yeah. back of the line. Exactly. But <laughs> I, again, I get a lot of random phone calls from random people. Sometimes you pick it up in this car call centre and I don't want to talk to them as they speed read some garbled nonsense about a magazine they're going to send me once a month or whatever, or once a quarter. Back to work next week, so that's quite exciting. Uh, oh, I'm, next week is that? Yeah, well? yeah. It's like, can you believe it's, it's sort of rushed by? It feels like only a, a week ago I was saying, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm on parental leave and now it's, now it's over. Back to reality, baby. okay well yeah good luck with that (laughs) in a parallel universe there is a version of me that is currently sitting somewhere wondering what it would have been like to live in germany although i cannot definitively say where exactly the alternate me is i know for certain that he is eating a pork pie the size of a cricket ball alternate me never moved and because he didn't he's still infatuated with pork pies they are my or his kryptonite i know this because every time i go back i gain at least 10 kilos simply because i cannot stop eating them that is not an exaggeration by the way i eat them like someone might take them away at any time i remember fondly uh, a few years ago boarding a plane to return to germany while brushing off pie crumbs from my t-shirt after i demolished two more pork pies as i left the house only days before that i had finished a packet of six mini pork pies in a car journey that only took an hour i didn't even feel full afterwards <laughs> it's like i could have another packet perhaps alternate me will go into rehab at some point and solve his issue with those delicious meaty bastards but he probably wouldn't i wouldn't so simon how do you feel about pork pies i like them but what i've glean from this is that i do not like them compared to you yeah i mean pork pies are are a very very traditional british thing i think first of all we need to explain what a pork pie is oh yeah because there's like american pies right and there's british exactly pie Pie is a bit of a weird term because i said the americans when they hear pie they think like sweet apple pie cherry pie things Mm. like that and in germany the word pie isn't really used and pies don't really exist 
in the same way as they do in the uk so i mean yeah what is a pork pie what, what do you need for it to be a good pork pie is probably a better question well i think your standard pork pie is a, a solid melton mowbray pork pie okay. that's the name that you've got to think about so you're looking for that and that is a protected like, yeah like champagne from exactly it's, it's like champagne yeah <laughs> it's the champagne of pork pies so what you got with a pork pie you can have it warm but most people would have it cold it is mm-hmm. a sort of lunchtimey snack i think it's something you definitely see at a buffet for like a party in the uk you definitely see it at a, a picnic in the uk mm-hmm. a meat pie is like pastry casing pastry top it's a sh- uh, short crust short yeah. crust pastry yeah so that means it's it's just flour water and and a bit of butter obviously different consistencies for different ones but it's not a thick pastry but it's thickish which is a very british way of describing it it's it's in between thick and thin <laughs> if you knock on it it should sound like mm. you're knocking on a bit of ikea furniture it should be stable like it should be very stable mm. and it should have a bit of a crunch to it when you bite into it so mm. good like a soggy pork pie is quite a depressing experience experience then you've got various fillings Uh, my personal preference is cheese and pickle and pork pie which is pretty impressive if you just buy a standard pork pie and a block of cheese and some pickle then you can have like a a cut price version of that but i generally go for the pre-made ones it's one of the more delicious things you find in britain and it's surprising you don't find it in germany so i mean there are sorts of things that are sort of halfway between like you have the german pressach um which is like jelly with like quite high quality bits of pork like salsa yeah i mean a normal pork pie in the uk will be like the off cuts of pork so it's not necessarily always the highest quality melton mowbray is but it's designed for like yeah all the trimmings and stuff to be used up it's not for everyone the next question really is jelly or no jelly oh no jelly like uh, like when you talk about yeah no jelly man it's disgusting when you see it it's one of the grimmest looking things (laughs) and yeah i prefer like a minimum amount of jelly if there's going to be any but because the way they make them is you make the pork pie you make the crust you put the meat in it you put the lid on it and you put like a hole in the top and then the the idea is you put a funnel in and there's enough space in between the meat that you put in it Mm -hmm. to pour in pig fat solidifies into a jelly inside the pork pie yeah. that i appreciate listener sounds grotesque and that's why i would opt for jelly free mm-hmm. most mini pork pies are jelly free which is a, always a good thing most mini ones are that is true in my family it was every christmas my granddad would always bring a way too big turkey and a way too big pork pie from this one butcher's in his village and we had that every christmas mm-hmm. as long as he was alive and that was jelly heavy and in my family that was the bit that we fought over like who got the best chunk of jelly jelliest bit we're heathens apparently i mean for me i definitely love pork pies and it was something that when i took uh, my wife with me to to the uk for the first time uh, we went to iron bridge gorge iron bridge gorge is the home of the very first iron bridge in the world hence the name thanks to thomas telford and on one side of the bridge there was a very traditional english bakers and they had pork pies available so i was like oh my god i need pork pie bought one ate half of it in like a few seconds and my wife sat there like what is this animal picking <laughs> yeah she wasn't a fan I do have to be raised on these things uh so i'm not expecting yeah, yeah. our german listeners to suddenly become melton mowbray pork pie addicts like yourself but it's weird that it, it hasn't occurred here 
Thankfully for my cholesterol levels, I live in a country devoid of British-style pastry-covered pork products. Mm, sad. Sure enough, there are many delicious pork dishes here, but none that can replace my temporary pie friends. I'm also beholden to a wife who demands that I live as long as her, if only so that she has someone around to reach the stuff on high shelves or to shoo away random spiders well into our dotage. I fear the day someone realises how lucrative it might be to sell British pork pies to German consumers. Not because I would end up buying any, not because I would end up buying any, but from the horrifically bruised hands I will have caused by my wife slapping packets out of them every Every time we go shopping. I mean, I, I see a, a secondary thing we can move into. So, decades from home dating agency and pie shop. <laughs> Come for the uh, pies, leave with a date. Oh, <laughs> got a slogan right there, hot off the press. Yeah, that might be a that might be a thought. I mean, the the dating agency seemed to go down well with listeners. So, <laughs> I mean, if we can make eight grand on dating, we don't need to make much on the pies. <laughs> As a, as a loss leader. <laughs> yeah, it's a loss leader. That's what we're going for. Yeah, so I, I mean, the discussion among people who've moved to Germany or moved to any country is, is a lot about the food that they miss. And we've talked a bit about that. But I was thinking about foods that we could import from the UK. A tricky number, mm. I think we'd both agree, given the, uh, the state of Brexit at this point. But you've compiled a list of the top food and drinks that British immigrants miss uh, when they've moved to Germany or other countries. So do you want to lay it on me? What's this exciting? list that you've compiled yeah so this this list actually came from website vivamanchester.co.uk it's not a site i've used often but i'm gonna give them a shout out anyway because they have done the legwork on this yeah too right viva manchester i like it <laughs> so the first thing that comes top of the list is tea uh we've spoken about tea before with a lot yeah. of love and affection uh, and dedication <laughs> so much so that people are like calling us out for our incessant conversation it has been tea. mentioned in feedback that we do get a bit carried away on the tea uh, and that's fair enough so very quickly i thought it'd be interesting to talk about the brands uh, that mm. we love uh, so nick tea brand of choice would be it's always yorkshire tea dude yorkshire That's... or rington's but you... just just yorkshire yorkshire, yorkshire is the correct answer anything else is wrong <laughs> you have to buy the yorkshire tea online whereas you can buy pg tips but pg tips in germany i mean it's fine a lot of polish stores have it and you'll often find it in the international food aisle which is asia basically shops the... as well pretty much always have pg available yeah but the tea doesn't diffuse properly because the yorkshire tea handles the water in germany a lot better than pg tips if you want to pee good pg tips you've got to wait i think an extra you like your tea two minutes right so you probably uh, three three minutes three so you probably right. have to double that it would be six minutes in order mm-hmm. to get a decent cup of tea out of a, a PG Tips tea bag, pro it's tip baby, cold at that point. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, this is this is a very valid thing, and I think only really British tea drinkers talk about like water hardness. Yeah, yeah. And buying the, the right tea bag because you've got to understand they have options depending on mm. how much calcium is in your water. And Germany's very calcium heavy on water, so yeah, Yorkshire does cut through that to, to best effect. Uh, we'll, we'll do a, a special episode on tea at some point. It's going to have to happen. Uh, but moving swiftly on to chocolate, uh, what would be your, your brand of choice or your chocolate bar of choice? I can't think of chocolate that you can't get here that you can only get in the UK, except maybe, I was thinking about Rolos the other day. You can buy Rolos here for sure. Can I mean, you? They're part of, they're part of Nestle, uh, so yeah. they're available worldwide. I can't say that um, I've ever seen seen any like in the last few years, but again, I haven't probably haven't been looking for them. Bringing chocolate to Germany is a bit like calls to Newcastle, right? It, they've got enough chocolate here. But, but you got anything specific that you'd call out? Yeah, totally. Like a double-decker uh, from Cadbury's. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. that's, that's a pretty special chocolate bar that there is no alternate to it. Uh, whenever I see one in the UK, I will grab it. It's like a, a biscuit base with like a nougat top and crunchy bits. It's, it's very, very good. So thick. Um, it's so thick. I think with chocolate, <laughs> it's, it's about where you come from. Uh, is normally your favourite. So 
I mean, there is a wealth of excellent chocolate here in Germany. There's no question about that. But Cadbury's Dairy Milk is, for me, my favourite chocolate. It makes me feel at home. I, t- I tell you what, I would be remiss, and I'm sure that our Scottish listeners would call me out if I didn't say Tonics Tea Cakes. Those Tonics are available wafers. in Germany now. What? Uh, Where? Edeka has started really? holding. Yeah, every now and again, the Tonics Caramel Bars are available as well. Right, uh, I'm leaving. Stunning. I'm just going to go now. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah, someone posted it on Twitter, and it was the first time where I was like, thank you, Twitter. <laughs> You've actually delivered <laughs> something I wanted to see. Yeah, I did. Twitter, finally, you're not a bunch of racist, insane people. <laughs> no, you're giving me Tonics Tea Cake recommendations. Yeah, I'm going to so, check yeah, that out. It's definitely worth checking out. Anyone that hasn't had a Tonics before, if you see them in your Edica, uh, oh, yeah, get them. They're, they're wonderful but leave some for me <laughs> yeah we, we will be running a Tonics tea cake drive uh, <laughs> rest coming at the end of the episode just for me just pour, pour them into my mouth <laughs> to feed our hungry northerner <laughs> uh, the number three thing we have on the list is Marmite oh you definitely not get, you get Vegemite I think you can get here but I've not seen Marmite yeah I don't know I I mean the, the slogan is you either love it or you hate it and I firmly hate it so I have no desire um do you like Marmite? I mean, yeah, I do. Like, it's vegetable extract. Or is it yeast extract? Yeast That's extract, what it is. yeah. And Vegemite's vegetable extract. Exactly, but it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a very particular taste. I mean, it's given rise to the term, like, this. it's a Marmite, very polarizing, yeah. like, flavor. I mean, it's it's a weird thing because there really? is a Marmite shortage apparently experiencing now. Uh, there is a Marmite shortage being experienced now or coming in the future because the mm. amount of beer that's been brewed in the UK is down because of COVID. And that's right. where Marmite comes from. It's part of the brewing process. Gravy is next. Uh, you get gravy here, don't you? Brat and saucer. It's... it's not the same, mate. <laughs> I don't know there's much difference. But yeah, saucer is the indeed the German word for what is gravy. Um, but normally the saucer you get here is quite thin in comparison. Uh, whereas if you think of a, a real good homemade gravy, it will be yeah. quite thick. Uh, and Bisto, which I guess is the number one brand uh, sold mm. globally, uh, you can control how thick it is by putting in extra granules because it's just mm. granulated, rehydrated. Um, but I like my gravy thick, so I'm always left a little bit disappointed by the thinness of a jar. Uh, I see the trick is to take control of the the process. I, I rarely order things with bratten sauce. I rarely, if I go out for dinner, I don't really order bratten at all, to be perfectly honest. So it's not something that I have to particularly complain about but if i'm making gravy at home mate like it's being made properly i'm just using bratten mm-hmm. sauce but i'm also using like if you do it right and you're doing a, a roast dinner then you've already roasted some vegetables with the meat that you've decided to make and then you turn that into a gravy and boy oh boy is that the the, the elixir of life yeah, i should have eaten before we did this i'm starving <laughs> <laughs> yeah just wait we're, we're only at five <laughs> number five is biscuits oh shit <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think the German biscuit options are superior. When I go in the, the, the sweet aisle, the biscuit options are, are pretty solid. I'm not really asked about digestive biscuits or, or maybe like a custard cream, but I can get custard creams here. That's not a problem. I I, I have to agree with you. There's one thing that, that isn't replicated very well here, and that's a chocolate hobnob. Yeah, you don't get a hobnobs is a lot, yeah. the king of biscuits. Mm-hmm. Of course, connected to tea, a very common thing for British people to do is to dunk their biscuit in yeah. their tea and the hobnob is the only biscuit that will drink your tea for you because it's so fucking hard it's like a sponge hard. doesn't bend it doesn't nope. flake it's robust um, it's salty and sweet and chocolatey all at the same time it's full of oats and mm, 
It's you not- should see the look of disgust that my wife and my brother-in-law give me when I dunk biscuits in, in coffee or tea. The look on their faces is just absolute astonishment that that is something that you would do. And I don't know <laughs> if that's typical for the whole of Germany, but I've had reactions from people when they've seen me do it and they've just been like, what are you doing? I remember one time someone said, you can't do that. And I was like, just fucking watch me. <laughs> like, if there's one thing that's going to make a British person do something more, it's if you tell them they can't do it. That's that's the truth of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I can live without whatever Britain's offering. Really. Yeah. You mentioned custard creams and this is something that's sort of quite traumatic for me because at boarding school, we got like an allowance of biscuits. Get like a roll and that was your like your supply for the next day or two. I can't remember how often we got them. But of course, that it was like charity. Yeah my school and so they were like the cheapest ones possible did it become like a, a illicit currency within the school like cigarettes cigarettes in prison totally totally because like the bourbons <laughs> were so the number wild one. custard creams number two and then you had like rich tea were at the bottom nobody wanted rich tea it's a lot like prison boarding school in that sense like economies of trade and supply and demand totally like, it's wild. all very totally much the wild. same yeah okay so what are we on now number six crisps is number six so, what's the best brand of crisps in the UK? I don't, I don't eat crisps. Um, amazingly, I'm just not a monster munch. I guess would be all right <coughs> okay. to have. But I used to be a big crisp guy, and then I had really high blood pressure. So it's like one of the things I've cut out of my diet because yeah, obviously there's quite a bit of salt involved. I mean, I like Walkers, which is Lay's uh, in the US, mm-hmm. and we see Lay's here as well in Germany, so they are yeah. available. In the UK, it is a big culture crisp flavors. And it's even gone so far that companies like Walkers have had like initiatives from the public where you could suggest like what flavor crisps. So there was, I think it was 2000, uh, they did a campaign and it resulted in the all day breakfast being made into a crisp flavor, uh, chicken tikka masala, fish and Mm -hmm. chips, like all these iconic. Didn't have like a squirrel flavor. There was a squirrel flavor, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Very odd because they do that periodically, don't they? They, do. they just like introduce five flavors, and by how many they've sold after a three-month period, that becomes the exactly the, the new flavor. But I mean, for me, a classic cheese and onion is is probably my number one. It's the one I enjoy the most. Uh, next, we have beans, and here we, it just means baked beans. Go back in the born, and, and I guess there is only really one company that does this at the, at the proper level, and that's Heinz. You can get Heinz beans here. I've never had a problem mm-hmm. finding beans, as you say, available here at most supermarkets. But it's about one pound fifty. Uh, one sorry one euro 50 uh, i'll switch to to sterling for a second there um, <laughs> so it is quite expensive uh, and yeah. again it's i'm traumatized by them i had them three meals a day until i was 18 mm. so i don't eat baked beans very often but yeah next up bacon we love bacon listeners know that we love bacon i was like i don't think we need no, to go we we've, we've spent like a, i think an hour talking about bacon a few weeks ago so yeah so next is pies and we've mentioned pork pies and of course one of the pies that is accessible to anyone in the world is the fray bentos oof pie in a tin <laughs> it is a pie in a tin like, that's wild that stuff i mean it, it's yeah. yeah if you've never seen one it's a circular tin and then you put it in the oven i guess and it, you've got a pie it's a pie i think tin. you take the lid off first um, i can't say so i've ever it, had one so i had definitely i have had definitely had these pies uh when i was uh boarding school slash prison <laughs> and uh that's definitely it's it's very low quality food mm. uh, but it's definitely a cultural thing in the uk i mean I, obviously where nick's from in the north of england it's more of a cultural thing going to the football traditionally would involve a pie at half time um mm. when i went to watch the rugby down south it was more like paninis uh, than pies mm. but yeah a good pie very mm. hard to get here yeah I mean when I've been to watch uh, Newcastle United play nowadays it's a lot mm-hmm. of like burgers and hot dogs and crap like that don't get so many pies in a pint when I went to watch the Newcastle Falcons play 
it's very much mm-hmm. the other side of the tracks. And it was like, would you like some uh, asparagus uh, with that? Or would you? Well, we've got some guacamole Balloon on the wraps, side. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, just get out of here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> number 10, we have cereal. I mean, yeah, Kellogg's is, I guess, the number one brand. Weetabix. You get Weetabix here, though, don't you? Yeah, you can. I did see someone posted that they were having trouble finding them in Berlin. So I don't know if there's a struggle in the capital, a rush of all the expats buying their their Weetabix for Brexit. I'll be frank. I think I miss American cereal over any other cereal because, like Captain Crunch or Fruity Pebbles, stuff like that. Like, oh, no. like I love a really sickly sweet cereal. <laughs> but in Germany, like I can't argue with German cereal standards when they have Lion Bar cereal like you've you've, <laughs> That's true, you, you've completed that. cereal in my mind once you've got to that level like let's take a lion bar which is a good chocolate bar and st- stick it in a cereal and have it for breakfast i'm like yeah give give me <laughs> give me the citizenship now please but i think also there's a different culture of cereal here cereal is expensive mm. here as well it's, it's very very expensive by Kellogg's and the like and if you go to the cereal section of any supermarket you're going to be overwhelmed by the amount of muesli available next to it so much muesli i mean it's, it's a, an incredible selection uh, of mueslis and it's probably nice no, certainly healthier for you and more balanced so i guess that's why the majority of germans and, and a lot of northern europeans have made the switch i see a lot of oats like half a flock and being sold and i can't i, I gotta wonder i just assume everyone's making really bad porridge uh, that's just my assumption um, i mean my, my wife we've always got half a flock in the home i've never eaten any and there's always <laughs> a couple of bags being bought every now and again it's, yeah i go i buy it. i buy like a probably a bag every two months because every so often i'll just make porridge and when i make porridge it's like all of it all of the porridge (laughs) i'm gonna have my two months worth of porridge in this one sitting i'm a a demon when it comes to porridge making so Uh, number 11 we have pickle i'm gonna have a moment and just think about pickle while you just vamp just vamp while i'm while i'm looking off into the distance thinking about branson's i was kind of hoping i'd be able to do that at this point because yeah i get i too get quite emotional about pickle like my voice even broke a little bit saying that for me i mean branston is the number one brand their pickle is is mm. phenomenal but yeah there are lots and lots of companies that do it and it's one of these things that a lot of people make at yeah. home as well pickle is a really easy preservative mm. to make and yeah chuck it on cheese chuck it on ham chuck it in a sandwich it's just a sandwich spread right it's yeah. a, in a pork pie it's so like literal mm. isn't it it's just like pickled vegetables essentially in yeah. a in a i don't know what the, the sauce is it's like a it's, is it sugar um, vinegar and yeah I yeah that, that's the, the two main ingredients and like there's nothing nothing simpler and nothing nicer than a cheese and pickle I, it gives a complex flavor again the mouthfeel is really good you get crunchiness yeah yeah oh. a bit crunchy yeah exactly yeah and you get different varieties you get like thick thick cut you get thin cut yeah. oh man yeah just take yeah, a moment that's really I'm, I, I am missing the uk suddenly <laughs> 12 sausages uh obviously like yeah. i'm not no, no like so we've got all the sausages we need here like okay you've got apple and cinnamon sausages or some shit but that's like, one thing we do do a lot of in the uk any supermarket you can buy like fancy flavors of sausages but i mean yeah the mm. general like walls sausage which i guess has to be the number one most sold brand in uk history is just <laughs> awful and wouldn't be recognized as a sausage here it's like i like sausages that they're so bad that they can't legally call them sausages and have to call them bangers Indeed. and then like and they're usually the things you get in a all day breakfast or like a in a hotel or something and you, i just feel for germans going to britain and having like a business meeting on a stomach of walls bangers or something like that that are just you can you can hear the disappointment from here <laughs> 13 is crumpets oh right yeah you're definitely not getting crumpets here you have to make them yourself really indeed make them yourself yeah easy enough done so yeah crumpet is uh 
yeah it's like it's, a, it's an airy dome basically it's, an airy it's, dome. <laughs> it's a circular quite it's got like um lots of air pockets in it and you bang yeah. it in the toaster it's quite stodgy it's quite thick and you bang it in the toaster and it is one of again one of the more sort of epic bits of food that you you get in the uk that if you if you're in the uk and you've never had a crumpet rectify that now yeah, totally <laughs> <laughs> for us loads at least. of butter it should be yeah. the butter should be pissing through it in an ideal world. <laughs> you're so descriptive why why aren't you getting more jobs describing food <laughs> uh 14 is squash you get that here though right like you can but it's not the same no if you're middle class or above in the uk then you will have been raised on ribena uh, or robertson's mm-hmm. uh, and these are two sort of very very successful very traditional companies uh, with very high quality products, I think. Um, but you can, of course, get cheap squash. Uh, so like a syrup uh, is what it's called here, where you just add to your water mm. to get flavor. Uh, Soda Stream have brought this back to a certain mm. degree. So now I have a sugar-free orange Ooh, nice. uh, syrup that I add to my Soda Stream, just like Fanta. It's mm. very, very good. I think because there was four of us, we ended up just by necessity getting own brand and it was never i never had a real desire for it it wasn't high on my list of beverage choices but and again i don't really drink it now so Mm. (laughs) again not not missing it too much yeah 15 we have cheese i'm gonna say something controversial um german cheese is fucking awful (laughs) i have a real issue with it it all tastes the same i'm sorry like i don't care (laughs) like you got birdcaser birdcaser tastes different and it's good and then you've just got a series of samey cheeses from from germany or from the netherlands like most of the time gouda edam emmentaler they're the same cheese with different names that's all i don't i don't care what you tell you can tell me as much as you want that it's nutty or what like it's oh it's mature yeah it's mature it's been sat in a box for a week well done Honestly, like a bit of French cheese, amazing. <laughs> oh, Batista's very good. I do like that. But again, it's that's very particular to, to, to Bavaria. And you've got Frischkäse. That's pretty nice where it's sort of mixed with something that's generally good. But but your general sort of packets of cheese are just a fine selection of disappointment in my mind. Anyway, ran <laughs> over. Okay, so complaints can be sent to forty uh, percent German. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I do have to agree with Nick to a certain degree. If you buy, uh, you can buy sliced selections uh, where you have apparently all these different cheeses, and they do have slightly different feel uh, and they look slightly different, mm-hmm. but the taste is is very much the same. Because I am a, a massive fan of a mature cheddar uh, and will die on that mm-hmm. hill that it is the most versatile uh, cheese that there is. Um, but yeah, mm. when we look at France, is is just they are masters of cheese, and I'd rather have a selection of French cheeses than anything German in my fridge. Oh dear, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> if you spent any time in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, the Netherlands, Poland, Hungary, Slovakia, the Czech Republic, or Turkey you will most likely have come across a Chibo store. The chain is one of Germany's most successful exports, although it's not immediately clear why. Chibo is a high street coffee store, but its unique selling point seems to be that it also supplies a rotating stock of seasonal and often random products. In practice, this means that the shop changes out its stock of fitness clothing, garden furniture, kitchen aids, or consumer electronics on a weekly basis. 
while the other stock changes, they continue to sell coffee. Aside from coffee, customers can never guarantee what they might get. It's like a lucky dip, but as a business model. Customers may enter wanting one thing, but could easily leave with a full lycra bodysuit, a garden trowel, a last minute holiday, <laughs> and some extra sturdy window locks. Is the UK's only experience like this lucky dip model the crazy middle aisle at the back of a Lidl or Aldi, Simon? I, I think so. I, I can't think of another shop where you have like rotating stock or like a random surprise. And it does seem to have only been introduced by that mystery section of the German mm. budget discounters. Um, so I think English people do get excited when they think, oh, I can buy a ladder at the same time as doing this. <laughs> and a um, welding mask. Exactly. <laughs> and some baby clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's super rare that I spend any time at that section, but I, yeah, this model of just like, this is what we have this week is, mm-hmm. is pretty weird. And I don't think that the UK is necessarily ready for it yet. If Costa Coffee started selling like, yeah, onesies and novelty beer glasses... I think people would probably not buy yeah. it. I can understand if the sort of old stuff that was tangentially connected mm. with making coffee, like cafetiers yeah. or coffee machines or mugs, but like Chibo just goes off the rails. It's not just like this coffee, and then it's just insane shit that they've. I don't know where they found it. Like there's a job lot from China. Their website is is a mysterious thing as well. They have some very odd sections. Uh, looking through it yesterday, I realised there's a whole section called "Ich liebe mein Pferd." I love my horse. <laughs> so there's a whole section of like horse accessories. <laughs> of course there is. Why not? How random is that? It also speaks to how like middle class Chibo essentially is because these aren't cheap products either. Like it's often like a competitive price point at best or a little bit more expensive than what it should be. Aldi and Little have their the, the sort of middle aisle craziness, but some supermarkets it'll have a Chibo section. It's like going mm-hmm. into an alternate reality. Here's the soup. Here's yeah. the crisp section, and here's some yoga pants and a screwdriver. And you're like, right, okay, <laughs> cool, that sounds groovy. Based in Hamburg, Chibo's distinctive name comes from combining the name of the founder, Karl Chillingirian, uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly, with the German word for coffee bean, bonen, creating Chibo. This seems to be a, a common thread, this idea of combining either names or uh, the products that you're selling with the name of the founder into a brand name in Germany. So Yeah, we've had a few of these, yeah. Yeah, so this, this, is, this is adding to our ever-growing list of German brand names that are formed from smashing nouns together. <laughs> Chibo has grown to be a stalwart of the German high street, where throngs of confused consumers can be seen leaving stores with a phone contract in one hand and an ironing board under the other. The randomness of Chibo could have begun with its origins as a mail-order company in 1949, Walking into a store, it certainly feels like the physical manifestation of a mail-order catalogue. In many ways, Chibo has a lot in common with the British high street curiosity Argos, where customers can browse a full catalogue of items before choosing what they want. Instead, Chibo offers one page or perhaps a section of a catalogue per week. By rotating the stock on a weekly basis, it goads consumers into making rash purchases for fear of missing out on a bargain. Simon, any particular odd Chibo purchases in your cupboards? Uh, yeah, I can't really think of too many. And I, I, I did ask the wife yesterday if, uh, if she could recollect uh, any particularly odd purchases we have. But no, I mean, I do think we had a floral gardening set. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I think that was one thing we bought. Cupcake bases as well. What about you? You guys got anything bizarre in your cupboards? My <laughs> wife's family are infatuated with Chibo, so we've got plenty of randomness. Uh, it, it's one of those things where if you don't know what to buy someone for the birthday or Christmas, go to Chibo and buy five things. 
<laughs> just pick five random things off a shelf and give that to the person. Like there was years and years we'd just get a random tin with muesli on it or like a, a some random tin with a, a selection of English words that didn't seem to connect to anything. <laughs> and then it, and then you just get, it was just full of just like, what did we get? At uh, one time we got an orange juicer device that was shaped like a uh-huh. leaf for no real reason, Ooh. just naturally. And it was so badly designed, like it didn't. The leaf idea with the leaf was there was a leaf bottom to it that would funnel the juice into a base. Didn't work. Never worked. <laughs> just got go orange juice <laughs> everywhere, and I'm like, this isn't even designed properly. And my wife got a set of uh, skipping ropes that were like electronic that never worked, and they weren't even good skipping ropes. Uh, you couldn't extend the length of them. It was just oh, it's ridiculous. Um, what else? I've just got. I looked out the window. I was at my in-laws yesterday, and I looked out the window, and they have a, a garden decoration, which is the golden yoga pose frog, which is the most random thing. It's just a, a big frog that's doing a lotus position, looking very serene. I mean, a Buddha is at least has some like religious integrity to it. A meditating golden frog can quite literally get fucked. I want none of that in my garden. Do you think? Do you think? Buddha thousands and thousands of years ago was aware that in the future his his teachings would be boiled down into a, a small plastic golden frog sitting in the lowest position. Do you think he would have given up? <laughs> he would just be like, nah, this enlightenment larky is is like wasted on these idiots. I mean it certainly sounds more like a punishment for the reincarnation, <laughs> no? You're coming back as a monument of a of an animal that can't move it sounds like some horrible purgatory i mean one of my favorites is the cake carousel which isn't a carousel like you would think it's not a carousel that turns um horizontally it turns vertically it's shaped like a a ferris wheel and that had cakes on it it's so far out there i've got a photo on my phone somewhere if i'll share it if i can find it but it's it was like having brain surgery when i looked at it anyway despite selling a wide variety of products chibo is not renowned for high quality Whenever I ask people if they like Chibo, the majority reply positively while staring into the middle distance with a look that says, yeah, I do like Chibo. I don't know why. (laughs) People are hard-pressed to remember any of the items they bought or if they still use them. They might have picked up a banana-shaped box in which to carry a single banana to work, perhaps a musical bottle opener, maybe LED candles or a mould for exact measurements of butter. All of these items have at one time been on sale at Chibo but are easily forgotten once the novelty is worn off. Chibo success seems to come from the products that are designed to be forgotten in the kitchen cupboard mm-hmm. next to a sandwich maker. <laughs> it's also the go-to store for gifts for people that don't, you don't know very well. Want to buy the boss, the neighbour or the dentist a gift but have no idea what they want? No problem. Chibo has you covered, my son. Uh, various housewarmings and birthdays have stocked our cupboards with a fine selection of Chivo branded items. Better than bread and salt in my book. <laughs> is it? Is it though? I think if you turned up my house to the housewarming with with a Chivo product, I'd just tell you to leave. You're not welcome. I, I think if I turn up with a pork pie carousel, you'd be all over it, mate. If they're making pork pie carousels, I'll I'll take everything back. I'll rewrite a I love Chivo <laughs> blog all about it. My wife and I don't bake muffins, yet we have enough reusable cake moulds to begin a small-scale baking company. I've never had a problem cutting apples, but at some point we gained an apple-shaped apple cutter, which, by the way, doesn't work. We may have used it once or twice until we remembered knives existed. The pedometer was bought on a whim one January when we both realised we'd overdone the festive period. The best advice I can give to a potential customers of Chibo is try and buy something that you might actually use. Uh, don't be tricked into buying that oversized gold meditating frog we mentioned already. 
or an electronic dog barking device to scare burglars. That stuff's junk. My wife, a staunch defender of Chibo, is adamant that useful bargains can be found, pointing out I had at least one pair of Chibo socks in my wardrobe. (laughs) So, if I can say anything about shopping there, I would say get the coffee, buy the socks, leave behind any plans to purchase the jogging parachute. Jogging parachute? The jogging parachute, my friend. It is a, uh, I guess, for people who run really fast. It's like an added resistance. <laughs> I think it's an added resistance to let you put it on your back. Yeah, it did seem, I've never seen anyone use it, although I would be delighted to go down to the park to see someone using one. I would just be like, this is a TikTok, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> The Bible states that man cannot live on bread alone, which once and for all puts to bed the rumour that Germans were in any way responsible for writing the Bible. In fact, in most German translations of the Bible, there is an addendum that states, unless of course that bread is a bretzel, or possibly a schinken kirsch croissant, you can last for days just eating those. Cheese-covered bread aside, at some point we are all required to visit some type of supermarket. The German consumer, like consumers in most other countries, have a variety of different options when it comes to the weekly big shop. There are the discounters that shoppers outside Germany have come to know well, and then there are the domestic supermarkets that haven't travelled. This being Germany though, there are a few points of difference in the consumer experience that might easily be misunderstood. Can you tell the difference from an Aldi or a Rewe? Or a Lidl or an Adidka? If yes, you surely have a ranked order of preference. Maybe even one or two you will avoid at all costs. Which of which of the four are you going for? Aldi, Rewe, Lidl um, or Edeka? I used Rewe for years. That was my number one. I really liked it. And now uh, Edeka is a lot more convenient for me now. Uh, so I use that quite often. Aldi and Lidl, I basically never go to. Because the Rewe Metro, which is like one of the small inner city shops, because usually you don't get a supermarket bang in the mm. middle of the city. They're either in a super center or like a, a, a mall outside the city center or the larger stores outside the, the sort of city limit. But yeah, so I'm sort of stuck with Rewe. I like the, the butchers there. They're really canny. I've talked about them. Mm-hmm. They're my favorite people, you know, but a lot of the other stuff are... It's not really that great. I'm not really that impressed with the the bread and stuff like that. But my preference would always be an Edeka or a Lidl. My wife likes Lidl, I think, for the prices more than anything else. Yeah, I'm firmly on the Lidl Edeka side of that Grenzer. Yeah, I thought I also liked Norma until I moved. And then I went to the local Norma thinking, oh, yeah, I like Norma. And before I went, my wife was like, are you sure? Like, do you just really want to go Norma? I was like, it's great. It's lovely. Went in and it was like going back two decades in time. It was the most surreal shopping experience I've had in Germany. And yes, someone was also loading a tractor with shopping goods outside. It was a very weird moment. (laughs) But the German supermarket landscape is made up of the discounters and the big chains. Many of you, even our UK listeners, will have come across the likes of Lidl and Audi at some point. These two are the biggest of the discounted chains, but are far from the only cheapish supermarkets available. In Germany, we also have the likes of Netto or Penny, that sit below the big two with regard to cost and quality. After the discounters, there are larger chains, Edeka and Reva, that are much more like the UK and US shopping experiences. The misinformed often imagine that German consumers only have discounters and have never experienced branded products such as Heinz or Kellogg's. Sorry to burst the bubble, but brands are freely available, as is kale and other hip food trends. You know what we call superfoods in Germany? They're superfooden. <laughs> no, it's not what it's called. Superfoods. 
<laughs> I wish it was that. But yeah, I mean, I think there is that ethnocentrism that suggests that my experience of Lidl and Aldi is the only experience that you're going to have of Germany or German shopping. But the idea that there is only a rip-off version of Cocoa Pops available mm. to German consumers is, is a fallacy. But yeah, I think the experience of Edeka or River is very much like going to a Walmart at this point. Um, just smaller scale. Yeah, I mean, you do have a more tailored, sort of more focused uh, shopping experience than you would at Walmart, but... Yeah, compared to any UK mm. supermarket, that's why I liked Raver when I first moved here because it felt a bit like home mm. and felt yeah, it felt normal. Whereas occasionally, I think when you walk into an Aldi or a Lidl or a Netto or a Penny, you can feel yeah, mm. for a slightly snobby approach, you feel a little bit cheap, and yeah, that's not necessarily what a British mm. consumer is used to. I mean, so to highlight the difference here, we have an, uh, an example mm. from Focus uh, DE, which ran an experiment to decide uh, to sort of ran an experiment to look at the price differences here um and so they tested by buying 19 branded products uh from five different supermarkets we have Lidl, mm -hmm. Kaufland, Aldi, Edeka and Reva for this experiment uh, and there was a pretty clear winner so in first place it was Lidl was the cheapest that's not a surprise right not a surprise at all uh 29 euros 40 uh, was the cost for these 19 products which we're going to talk about in a minute Second was actually Kaufland. I quite like Kaufland. I don't go to it very often, but it is good. And that was thirty cents more, twenty nine seventy. We didn't mention Kaufland in the in the four that we, we had earlier, no. but I think Kaufland is very much like a Walmart. It's very big. It's very spacious. Yeah. Um, I always find it's up market, so I'm kind of surprised uh, it being number two. But I mean, that's great. It's it's. I always think it's a good standard. Don't go to it that often, but I think they're pretty much only on city limits. I mm. can't think of one in a city that I've been to, so I think they can afford to be a little cheaper because of their locations. Maybe mm. third was Aldi, uh, which came around thirty euros, so sixty cents more expensive than Lidl. Fourth was mm. Edeka, which came in at thirty euros and fourteen cents, and fifth, the Flash Raver. My middle class instincts are kicking, and I've picked the most expensive supermarket, just like yeah. fucking Waitrose. I do, I do feel like Raver is. I mean, there is no Waitrose like comparison, really. Like a, a supermarket that's unless you're talking about going to a department store supermarket. Exactly, yeah. Department store shopping, uh, food mm. centres do feel like Waitrose mm. or like a bad Harrods. Yeah, they're like trying to impress you with their champagne selection and stuff like that. But yeah, like Raver's, you sort of. I, I'd always assumed was the most expensive. What's interesting though is if you had this kind of test in the UK and I worked in supermarkets for ages what usually would happen is they'd put uh, some big sign in a like a shopping cart or a trolley full of the products that were in the list and there would be a big setup saying we're the cheapest you don't see that that mm -hmm. much here they don't see the big like we are the cheapest supermarket or we're the most like affordable supermarket you don't really see signs so much like you get Erica's got like good and gunstig and and stuff like that yeah. but it's not they're not really competing it's almost like they live in their own little islands like there's got people who go to Raver and people who go to Edeka and they don't care about the other shops. I, I mean, I think there are a lot of families that buy certain things at one supermarket mm. and certain things at another. It makes economic sense to buy a lot of products at Lidl or Audi because they are cheaper. But then you go to Raver or Edeka uh, or Kaufland to get something a bit more sort of niche, a bit more sort of upmarket. Mm. Whereas I think a lot of British families, you just go to Tesco or Sainsbury's 
and that would be your place. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think there's a bit more variety here. I think the test is always what what have they put in the basket, right? So like, what are the well, that's what we're going to look at. What now. are the products that they've put in the basket? So in these 19 products, I'm going to give Nick a little test. He doesn't really know much oh, about God. this either, so he might be about to look a little fool. Is this a revenge for the uh, flag thing? <laughs> this is very much what I was thinking of. <laughs> I nearly sent our draft script without this information just to make it even harder for you, but I thought that might be a little bit unfair. So you have had the chance to look. I haven't actually looked at it, so it is. I'm totally ready. Ha <laughs> You've fallen into your own trap then, my son. So we have products here that are very, very, very normal in Germany, uh, and a lot of them very abnormal in the UK. So my test is, can Nick tell me what these products are? So the first thing we have is Coca-Cola, a 1.25 litre bottle. I'm not going to ask Never heard of it. What, what is. is it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how Northern Nick's family were. They drank water with no squash and never had Coca-Cola. <laughs> it was a terrifying existence. <laughs> Haribo Fantasia, 200 gram. I mean, there's so many different versions of Haribo. I know what Haribo is. I can guess it's some kind of excitingly shaped jelly sweet. So, Yeah, bang on. Brand Zwiebach. Brand Zwiebach. Like, is that twice baked? Or Zwiebach no. the name? It's not Zweibach, no. sorry, it's Zweibach. It's not Zweibach. Yeah. Um, oh God, I have no idea. Brandt, uh, Brandt, is it fruit at all? Or? No. No, I have no idea no, what that is. This is, is a, uh, a bread-based product. Uh, Zweibach is the, the tiny little toast, uh, about 10 centimetres tall, that you'd eat normally if your stomach is upset. Uh, a lot of people will recommend, I'll oh, have some Zweibach. Right, it's like uh, hard toast, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, right. I'll, and I'll Brandt to... is the brand that has the baby's face or the young Oh, you know what? This is terrible. I've got, I was gifted a, a tin <laughs> with that. <laughs> and it's, it looks at me every morning as I'm having breakfast and I can't, I didn't remember what it was. Yeah, I know well, exactly what that is. Yeah, my fault. The, this is going wonderfully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duplo is next. Chocolate bars. It is a chocolate bar. Nutella. Yeah, come on, it's Nutella. Everyone knows Nutella. Yep. Chocolate spread. Everyone knows Nutella. Next, chips, funny fresh Ungarish. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we've talked about these before. Funny fresh is like the, the founder of the Ungarish flavour, so. They are. That's yeah. where it started. So, yeah. Okay, next is uh, Leibniz Butter Kicks. I mean, yeah, Leibniz, like if you don't know Leibniz biscuits, then you're having a real hard time, right? <laughs> it's But I'm not having the butter kicks. I'm having the ones with chocolate. Yeah, those top. are the absolute the, best. Good choice. They're the best ones. Next. Geramont. I have no idea. Is it a cheese? It is a cheese. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> is it shit? Is it a shit cheese? <laughs> I quite like it, to be fair to Garamont. It's it's uh, like a camembert consistency and, and flavour. Okay. Okay. It, I'll, it's I'll, a good I'll spreadable, uh, but also you can cut it to good slices. Mm. Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Is that we have everywhere. Maggi. Yeah, it's that weird ingredient that you put in everything. I guess it's the German equivalent of Worcestershire sauce, right? Yeah, it's something in that direction for sure. I mean, it's not just big in Germany. The like Nigeria, weirdly, I think really? is the number one market for Maggi in the world now. Uh, Miracle Whip. Oh yeah, you can't make a sandwich without having some sweet condiment like Miracle Whip in it. Ah, oh, don't buy it, but it's basically sweet mayonnaise. It is, yeah, sweet mayonnaise. Yeah. Tommy Zenfmittelschaf. Yeah, like this is one of the products it hits you in the face when you get to Germany because if you go to any bakery, if you go to any butchers and you get a Leberkäse sandwich or you get a Frikadellen or something like mm -hmm. that, you, you, you're going to come across Tommy Senf. It's the, the standard mustard that you get, yeah. sort of bright yellow American mm. style mustard. Yeah, aesthetically. Mm. Uh, at the very least yeah. It, yeah it tastes nice but it's no it's not particularly even sharp is not particularly sharp it's not particularly yeah. spicy it's middle sharp <laughs> uh magnum ice yeah it's ice cream isn't it so yeah we got those in the uk as well 
Wagner pizza salami. I like my pizza with a, a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just frozen pizza, I guess. Yep, from Wagner. Surprised it's not Dr. Utke, but I would have said that's the standard. It's those two that dominate the market, and I mean, it depends on your 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 deference to titles. Are you going to trust the doctor uh, or the composer of the Five Rings? <laughs> Yeah, this Wagner pizza does go on a bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Vitellwasser. It's like mineral water, yeah. right? Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Don't need to ask that. Kronbacher Pils. A, a beer, but I mean, if you're buying Kronbacher Pils, you've kind of run out of ideas, right? It's, <laughs> you, you're, definitely, you're definitely in a place where there's very little beer options. But they sell this um, everywhere. Is is one of the few mm. brands that are sold in every single little Kaufland, Aldi, Etika, and Raver. All across the country, Indeed. yeah. Dusch das. It, it would be uh, shower gel. It is a shower gel. Good job, good job. Yeah. Prill. I don't know what prill is at all. I've never heard of it. What is it? Uh, it's a washing up liquid. Alternative to fairy liquid. Oh, right. Okay. Does it have a frog on it? I don't know. I don't. I only trust fairy. <laughs> I'm British. Mine has the frog I don't on know. it. So. so it could be that you've had all of these in your in your kitchen. <laughs> Just <laughs> haven't paid attention. Probably looks at me every day. No, no. And the final all. thing they had was Nivea Roll-On Dio Dry Impact. We also have to correct our, our pronunciation. I've just remembered it's Nivea here in Germany, not Nivea. Uh, so, yeah, for our confused German listeners, Nivea. I tell you, no, <laughs> we're not having that. <laughs> it's worth noting that Germans have a simple alternative method of ranking the best supermarkets. Bread quality. Take our larger chains, Edeka and Raver. They often have cafes and bakeries on site selling fresh bread, plus an in-house bread section. The management of these stores are not messing around. They know their customers and they are fully catered to. This leaves a slight problem though. Aldi and Lidl are often considered to be one and the same. This is of course incorrect. Lidl, with its smaller yet equally capable bakery, offers everything you might require. Plus, like the larger brands, they have an in-house bakery, albeit with a limited range. Aldi, on the other hand, have gone for a more interesting alternative, automation. Germany's technical engineering and attention to detail are world-renowned, so you might imagine a German supermarket's first leap into the world of automated bread dispensaries would involve a lot of chrome, a few blinking lights, and a reassuringly calm robotic voice that help confuse customers with their transactions. Once you've actually fought your way to the checkout, you will be faced with a new and even more terrifying ordeal, German checkout staff. No one tells you this beforehand, but in Germany, packing your bags at the checkout is practically an Olympic event. The reason for this is the speed. <laughs> they are mighty fast. You tell me about it, yeah. To make sure that supermarkets get the maximum amount of customers through the door every day, checkout staff scan your shopping through the till with a terrifying level of speed and efficiency. In practice, this means they'll give you a cursory acknowledgement and proceed to scan your purchases like Bruce Lee on some mighty strong performance-enhancing drugs. Cans of tuna and bags of pasta fly towards you. And should you make any mistakes or be too slow, the prowling monsters, commonly known as other customers, will be on you in a second. As if the stress of light speed tins flying at you or aggressive fellow customers wasn't enough, German supermarkets give you the space of a postage stamp in which to pack everything. I know this is some kind of test. I have no idea what it's for. <laughs> All I really know is that I continually fail at it. <laughs> Discounters such as Aldi, Lidl or Netto are not designed with customer experience in mind. If anything, they are designed to get the customer in and out quickly and efficiently. The layout of the store is always the same with narrow aisles to make it hard to stop and look at items and products placed in such a way as to minimise any need to ask staff for help. The aim seems to be minimum customer-employee interaction. Many supermarkets in Germany are franchised and carry the name of the franchisee above the door. They may contain the branding and the point of sale of the franchiser, but the layout and organisation at the behest of the owner. 
In practice, this can lead to customers having to decipher the owner's organizational logic. Is the sugar next to the flour? Why is the dog food next to the jam? Where the hell are the peas? For new arrivals in Germany, the lack of uniformity can be really frustrating. It is like a shock to the system mm. when you go to a supermarket in Germany. Lidl and Aldi are generally laid out exactly the same because yeah. they're not franchised in the same way. But Edeka and River, you walk in and you're basically inside the head of whoever's the franchise owner or the manager of the, the store because you won't find all the same products in all the same places. Mm. That's, that is really, really different when you think about the standardized supermarket experience in the UK where you could walk into a Tesco's and know exactly, I yep. know all the, all the fruit and veg stuff is at the front. I know as you walk down the aisles, you're going to have alcohol probably uh, quite early on. You're going to have dry goods pretty early on. Then you get the butchers and the freezer section will be at the back. And that's usually the same for every supermarket. I could hmm. draw you a map of most supermarkets in the <laughs> UK just off the top of my head because I'm that fucking exciting. When a customer is unable to find what they want, the default is to ask a member of staff. But this too can be a bewildering experience. Germany in the past espoused the concept of der Kunde ist König, the customer is king. But it appears this time is over. German supermarket staff, like most service industry employees, really do not care about whatever privileges a customer believes they have. They are the great social equaliser. You might be a king or a pauper, but they have no responsibility to be nice to you, which I love. This is true. I mean, they aren't rude. They just have a, like an innate ability to remind a person how insignificant they truly are in the grand scheme of the universe. In extreme instances, they won't move out of a customer's way when blocking a shelf. Uh, more than once I've had to move quickly to avoid being mowed down by an employee with a towering pallet of products. Some staff are nicer than others, but it's frequently hit and miss. We talked about that, I think, last week or the week before, where my experience of trying to find butter in a Lidl and just being dismissively told that that it was right in front of me. Ah, I love it, man. I love it. There's so, so much honesty in, in that. There's no, like pretensions or when i worked in the supermarkets in the uk there was a lot of like this is how you talk to the customer there mm. was the whole rules about if you if you encountered a customer in an aisle you had to say hello to them and if they came up and asked you for something okay. you your job was to take you them that that customer directly to the product and so like that mm -hmm. is something that doesn't happen you'll get people like where's this product and they're like it's over there <laughs> like, where's that where is that or like yeah. looking past their finger trying to find out where it is or it's, it's next to this other product you don't know where it is <laughs> <laughs> and I, I but i just i like it because it's i know i'd enjoy the experience of working in the supermarket <laughs> in germany far more than i did when i worked in the uk even at the most interpersonal point of the shopping process, paying, German consumers can't expect to be treated with anything other than a general disinterest. Small talk can happen, but it is certainly at the employee's discretion. Self-scanning may have become commonplace in the UK, but in Germany, it's either non-existent or used in such a way as to make it a pointless endeavour. Yeah, in more than one shop I visited, the self-scanners are directly handled by a member of staff. The reason is totally unclear, but it seems like a veiled message to the customer that they're either too stupid or too untrustworthy to scan their shopping themselves. Payment for shopping can also cause a minor conflict, such as when I went to pay on my credit card and the employee at the checkout asked loudly and poisonly, don't you have 20 euros in cash? I mean, that's that's changed, I think. I think people are more comfortable with paying on card. But yeah, that, like, that experience is so that. weird. Being yeah. told off for like using a credit card was like quite yeah. quite often happened, or you get at least someone complaining about it. One thing I love about self-scanning is when the Queen was showing it for the first time, I'm not sure which supermarket it was, but she was given a demonstration of the self-scanner. And the first question she asked was, so... You can cheat it. Really? Is that like yeah. uh, that sounds about right for the? It's on video. Like 
it was on Have I Got News For You, I think. They showed her asking, so you can cheat it, <laughs> with a smile on her face, yeah. seeing the opportunity. I, I'm a very honest person when it comes to my shopping, and I, I, I never stole uh, from a supermarket, but I have plenty of friends that would put things down as onions that weren't onions. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like, I worked in, I worked in loss prevention, don't you know? Uh, yeah, as a security <laughs> guard in the supermarket, you see all, all types of stuff like that. It was really commonplace. It was the biggest stress for when they first introduced them in, in UK supermarkets was like people can pretend they're scanning stuff and, and mm -hmm. steal stuff. Mm -hmm. But now you've got like mad, like new product, like some supermarkets in the UK have like a handheld scanner and you scan all your shopping and you print out a little receipt and you scan the receipt and it has all your shopping on it and you just pay mm -hmm. for it. So there's like loads of mad bits of technology they've introduced in, in Britain that they don't use here. Because I think people just think it's gimmicky and stupid. And I think ultimately mm. th there is a lot of confusion when it comes to using self-scanners if you've never used them before. Like, I get it. I get why people would be reticent to use them. I mean, I think having the choice is really important. I would choose self-scanning because I don't really want the conversation. And I'm, I'm often efficient as well. I quite like searching for the right kind of vegetable in the sub-menus and things like that. It's quite it's a thrill i love the fact that german service industry and its employees have a healthy disrespect for the customer i worked in retail for almost 10 years during a period when u.s retail practice and customer service practices were introduced to the uk and i can tell you now it's not fun like being a greeter in a supermarket is the fucking worst job you've just got to be like super happy and super enthusiastic for a company that pays you like less than minimum wage it was just like welcome to the store and like on a rainy Scot day in Scotland or like in Newcastle and you're like, welcome to the store. And there's some Geordie blogs like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I also worked in supermarkets for a few years and I, I worked in customer service as well. And yeah. I've definitely been haunted by this concept of the customer is always right. It's a thankless task, peppered with dispiriting interactions with people emboldened by repeated message of how important or special they are. Do you know who I am? Yeah, oh God, I've had that. That kind of shit. No. Like you get people who would come to a customer service desk you, and you don't really have customer service desks in most supermarkets here. You no. like have like a kiosk where they're selling cigarettes. Really big ones they have them, yeah. but it's not normal. And and they would just come up and the first thing they would say is, Can I want to speak to a manager? Like that's the first thing. They didn't even tell you what the problem was. They wanted, they wanted a manager because they, they were going to complain and be incessantly irritable, you know? And it, ugh, customers, man. Like that's why we deserve to be treated like shit. We're all entitled. We all think we deserve something, and I think it. I think it's great that in Germany they're just like they're not instilling the, the minimum wage employees with the idea they have to treat customers nicely. It's like good, fuck them. That's <laughs> yeah, a perfect way to finish that section. Yeah. Hello, Zuzaman. It's your favourite Geordie here. What do you mean I'm not your favourite Geordie? Alan Shearer? Okay, you're right. He's a very good Geordie. Anyway, enough of that. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Thanks to everyone for tweeting out the link to the, the podcast. You're all doing sterling work. One day we'll work out how to properly thank you, but as it stands, we'll just say thanks. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Simon on at Decades From Home, and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on 40%German at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thank you, Dankeschön, vielen Dank, and bis zum nächsten Mal. Tschüss!
Order! 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 The honourable gentleman will now be granted ample time to voice his position in his own way. Order! It is on the record, and we are indebted to him. The next motion, approved by the whip to move forward formally, is whether or not Raver is superior to Edgar. With that in mind, I call forward the Right Honourable Lord Manx, MP for Lewisham Deptford, Lewisham East, Lewisham West and Peng. Mr Speaker, the House of Commons is yet to pass a bill due to the Leader of the Opposition, who I note as being characteristically evasive, Mr Speaker. The only conclusion which to be drawn from this is that this Leader has no intention of debating the topic at hand, but instead intends to prevaricate as he has been known to do. We are here to answer a simple question. Which German supermarket is better? The honourable and upstanding institution of Reva or the den of villainy that we see behind the doors at every Edeka supermarket? Mr Speaker, if I may, the right honourable gentleman has overstepped himself. He seems to have imagined that Edeka employs members of his own party. It's only there that we are likely to find the villains. Instead, Mr Speaker, were we to grace the doors of any Edeka, all we would discover is a bounty of wonder and also some rather pleasant chicken dippers. When I think of the many constituents, the good people of Cockermouth, I am reminded of the duty we are all bound to, to speak the truth and hold power accountable. The right honourable gentleman is perhaps confused, as the world knows raver bread is simply various forms of sourdough, masquerading as a fine selection of baked Mr. goods. Speaker, the right honourable gentleman is indeed correct. Raver does use a wide variety of sourdough in its bread products. But that is for the simple reason, Mr. Speaker. The raver is notoriously cool, and cool people, indeed the vast majority of the positively superfly fresh, know that raver is the only shop to turn to. Can the leader of the opposition even spell the word cool? Order! 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 The right honourable gentleman will answer the question. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The right honourable gentleman is indeed correct. I cannot spell the word cool, as it is a word only the lamest of people would use. Mr. Speaker, can we expect the Minister to listen to the wireless after the debate, or perhaps he will be, feel compelled to log into his email via his AOL account? This is what we have come to expect of those who support Raver. Mr. Speaker, let the record show that the Right Honourable Gentleman has, in this House, stated forth the incredible claim that Edeka is superior. Mr. Speaker, an unelected cabal have clearly taken the reins of the Right Honourable Gentleman's party and have led themselves into the darkness. Sir, I would advise getting your house in order and in line before heading on to a mandate that does not have the will of the people. Will of the people? Mr Speaker, will of the people? I am, from the right honourable gentleman's protests, to assume that he supports the notion that his raver, an organisation yet to be properly approved by this house, is superior. These are the ravings of a lunatic or someone inclined to skirt the lines of the factual. Mr Speaker, does educate? whom of course are supported by the right honourable gentleman, utilise a misting spray on their fruits and vegetables. Do they, good sir? Look! He's ashamed! As he should be! The MP for Cockermouth knows full well that if we're to debate the level of quality for the constituents, a clear benchmark is if the fruits and vegetables are gently misted. Mr Speaker, I say the right honourable gentleman's mother enjoys the company of various male visitors. Mate. You heard me! Right, that's enough of this. Order! Order! Order!